This lecture is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Deacon Danny Cahoot. As I get going this morning, I'm going to review a little bit about what I talked about last week because it'll lead up to where I'm going to be uh, the main points of the lesson this morning where I'll be. Months ago, we started every single apostle that we've had from their birth, their life, what they've done, how they lived it, and how they died. And we pretty much covered all of them, right? Uh, all I've got left, I think, is uh, Matthias, Thaddeus, Jude, which is Jude, Olabius, John, and Judas Iscariot. Those four are left, and uh, I've still got a lot of study to do for those. But I'm going to still be on Matthew and the call of Matthew because there's only like four or five scriptures in, on the call of Levi. But because of his calling and what had actually happened, it tells us an entire history of this man's life. For, uh, for the most part, as I, when I finish up, I'm, I've been... Uh, I'm going to get into a little bit of Ecclesiastes when we finish the Apostles and uh, just letting you know a preview of what, what's coming down the road. I've been, been studying that book word by word, not verse by verse. Word by word, because in the book of Ecclesiastes, it doesn't anticipate the gospel coming. It's the best that man can do with this life that we have. And and going forward, knowing that everything that we do, regardless of what it is, outside of God being involved with it is vanity. And vanity means completely empty, worthless, taking nothing with you. That we all live, we all toil, we all go through some sort of enjoyment, and then we die. And every single thing that we do and have done from birth to the grave, apart from God, is nothing. So the best that man can do apart from that is to, to, you get up in the morning, include God. You get up and you, you, you toil during the day, you include God. You talk to somebody, you include God. Anything else in our lives that does not include God in it, it's as far as the book of life and the best that man can do on this side of earth is to include God in it because everything else is vanity, which is empty, nothing. And uh, I, I started studying that because, you know, when, when the Lord says there's never been and never will be and that he was the wisest man in the that's ever been. And uh, I said, you know, I, I'm going to find out exactly where this man, man's brain operates from. So I'm, I'm telling you literally every single word I'm dissecting it and so that's going to be real good for us when we when we study that together and uh when I when I bring a few thoughts about his life and uh in the proverbs I find it intriguing that all of his proverbs came from things that have already been told and he just re rephrased re brought them to us and it's quite powerful you say, where do you find time to do that? I make time. People do what they want to do. I don't care what it is in life. I mean, if your refrigerator breaks, you know what you're going to do? You're going to go get a refrigerator. Like, you chose that, okay, I'm going to church this morning. You, you do what you want to do. People that don't, 
I mean, everybody in this life does what they want to do, and they make time for it, regardless of what it is. It's, it's where it is on the priority list. To me, you know, outside of my, my, my relationship with God and outside of my family, there's nothing more important to me than, than studying this word. I find it critical in my life. And I will, I will put time into studying this word, and I'm not boasting on myself. I'm going to put time studying this word before I worry about where my hamburger's coming from at 12 o'clock. This is more important to me than my physical food and, uh, because I know how weak I am. And, and I just, it's just strength for me so I can make it. But the call of Matthew, we're going to study more in, the, in Luke's account. We'll go in Luke chapter 5 first and look at his calling. And we'll study a, a few things about him. One thing about him being a tax collector this is where I'm going to review a little bit. Outside of the tanners, the tanners were despised by Jews. They tanned hides. They dealt with, with dead animals all the time. And that occupation was totally despised and rejected by Jews. But they could come and sacrifice and they could come and get cleansed from the priest and they could still fellowship in the temple and they could still fellowship and have, have uh, forgiveness per se the, ne- the worst and the most despised occupation in Jews was a publican a tax collector they hated him there was no mercy for him and the thing about Matthew and we're going to get further down into, into Zacchaeus too we're going to lead up into him Matthew was a tax collector when he decided to choose that occupation he decided okay I'm a Jew I'm going to make this money I'm going to become rich. With that came, he was, he was kicked out of the temple, kicked out of the synagogue. He, he was ostracized. His family rejected him. He totally knew that he had sold his life to the devil, per se. When he decided to become a publican, a tax collector, he drew a line in the sand and said, it will never be the same. I'm turning my life on my family. I'm turning my life on, on I, I still, I can read scriptures myself, but I'm barred from the synagogue. I'm barred from temple worship. I'm barred from sacrifice. Because of this decision, I am now out here on my own and I am part of the Roman government and I've turned my back on the Jews. And they, and they the, to the Jews and to the Pharisees, a publican was one thing that was hated, but a Jew that had become a publican such as Zacchaeus, such as Matthew, they were the worst of the worst, and they were spit on, they were cursed, they were, their life was just completely rejected. And Matthew was at a point now when he was at the sitting at the seat of customs, and you know, through a course of time, you could tell by the, by the way he immediately followed that he was carrying a burden of guilt for what he had done his whole life. He knew scripture. Because up until 13 years old, he was in the temple and he was in school and he knew scripture. And he, he just decided to leave at an early age and not continue in the synagogue. But he had made a conscious decision to become a publican, but he carried that guilt. You know, right now, there's no more forgiveness for me. And he carried this burden of guilt. He prayed to God, but he couldn't get in that. See, back then, it was not grace. It was law. And he was completely rejected. And he just carried this, oh, 
I've done it. There's no hope. There's nothing else I can do. I'm gonna. You know, I've sold my soul for money. So we're gonna pick up a couple of verses here as we lean in, get into that. Let me let me go back a little bit and to explain the tax collectors. There was two different types of tax collectors, actually three. The Gabbi, G-A-B-B-I, was the general tax collectors. They, tax, they would tax property tax, income tax, the poll tax. These were all set by officials. The officials would go to these, ta- these tax collectors. They would pay a big sum of money and sign a contract with the government to become a tax collector. So they had to pay, for instance, some of, I don't know how much it, used, it was, but say, for instance, if you wanted to be a tax collector these days, going by these rules, you would say, okay, I'm going to pay you $1,000, the government, to get my contract license so I can be a, a tax collector. And I can go out here and I can tax you. Say, for instance, the government says, okay, they know you own this car. It's worth $4,000. Your tax is $300. I don't get it. So I come to you. I say, I want $600 for your taxes for this car. And then he, all he's got to do is he's got to go pay these officials. All they want is their 400 and they pocket 200. So the, so tax collectors and the, and the people knew that. And if you didn't pay it, they got your car. And then, then what they possess and they repossess, it was auctioned off with all the tax collectors. The public could not pay auction. They would have big auctions of all the, the seized their properties and only the tax collectors and the publicans could sit there and bid on this and they became filthy rich doing it. So that was the Gabbi. The other one is the Moki. You had a big Moki and a little Moki. The big Moki was what Zacchaeus was, the chief tax collectors. They sit at the table and they take all of the tax taken in by the Gabby and the little Mokis. The little Mokis would come in and they would pay the big Moki. The big Moki would take it to the government officials. The Moki is spelt M-O-K-H-E-S. So I think that's how it's pronounced. It's a Moki. So the, what, what Matthew was, what Levi was, was a little Moki. He would sit at the table and all these people would come in with all of this stuff and he would fudge. And he would all they were all the big big, big officials wanted was what they had assessed property for. The little Moki, the Mokis, they taxed duty on imports, exports, domestic trade, anything that moved on the road, or that had actual transport wagons, parcels, letters, or whatever they could find to tax, they taxed it. If you were coming down the road and anything that was moving, they would these officials would stop you and they would go through and go through everything you have and write down a, a tax of about what, what you had and they would tax you on it. Some people took the far road around, but it was hard to get away from these tax collectors and they were just hated because they were, they, were, they were cheats, they were thieves, they were robbers and they were just totally despised. And for a Jew to do that and become a thief and a robber and go against law, the Jews just despised them and hated them. And this is where the hatred came from. They could not stand that Jesus would actually teach and talk and sit down with what they call publicans. You're sitting and you're eating with a publican. Who are you? And so, so, so Jesus was despised for even ministering to these people. Okay, so... Matthew was a little moky. He manned the office where he dealt people face to face. Now, this is important because he dealt at the seat of customs where he dealt face to face. 
So when he heard things going on, he would, he could hear people talking, hear people so I'm setting the scene for the call of Matthew. Because what had just happened, let's go to Luke chapter 6. I mean chapter 5. He had just heard this story right here where there was a lame man just outside of where his seat was that had been lame all his life and no doubt they knew him. Matthew knew him. And the Lord said, hey, take up your bed and your sins be forgiven you. That's the first thing to call his ears his that this man has been said he could forgive sins. Oh my God, is there hope for me? Oh my goodness. Oh Lord, who is this man? Okay, verse 17 of chapter 5 of Luke. And it came to pass on a certain day, he was preaching and there were Pharisees and there was doctors and law sitting which were out of every town of Galilee in Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Okay, see the, see the, see the, the crowd that drew? Pharisees, doctors of law. And behold, men brought in a bed, brought in a bed, a man which was taken with palsy. And they sought by means to bring him in to lay him before him. See, they heard that Jesus was healing. They heard it. So they brought Jesus in to heal him. Well, Jesus was going to heal him, but he had a greater work to do. He was calling Matthew. All of this is, all of this is part, is getting Matthew's heart softened because Matthew is looking at himself feeling so guilty because he's out. And when they could not find him by what they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went up on the housetop and let him down in the tiling in his couch in the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto them, Man, man thy sins be forgiven thee. Can you imagine the Pharisees? They didn't like Jesus anyway. And the scribes and Pharisees begin to reason within themselves, which, who's, who is this that speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said unto them, What reason in your heart? Is it easier for me? He said, let me see you tell this man to get up and walk. This man's been, been crippled in his bed for 30 years. And I'm, the scripture doesn't, I'm paraphrasing because you can picture the mind of, uh, of how, how people are. Okay, let's see you do it. Kind of like when uh, Elijah called on fire from heaven. Call, pray. Maybe your God's sleeping. Maybe, you know, you pray. I can picture Jesus saying, okay, you have a shot. You tell this man to walk up. Tell him, man, to pick his bed up and walk. Can you imagine? A, you ever seen a cow looking at a new gate? Can you imagine him looking at Jesus when he, when he would say something like that and catch him off guard? Hey, you do it. So that you'll know that the, power, that the Son of Man has power on this earth to forgive sins. Let's see, verse 23. What is it easier, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, rise up and walk? You tell me. He says, that's a question. He said, what's easier? Well, I, you can't do either. Okay? 
But that you may know that the Son of Man doth have power to forgive sins. He saith unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up that couch and go to that house. Immediately he arose before them and they took up whereupon he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed and glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, We've, never, we've seen strange things this day. And then the rumors, begin, the, the word begins to fly around town. This, do, you know, do you know, it doesn't say who's this, I don't think it said who the, the guy's name was, but it just calls him the sick of the pulse. You know the guy that was crippled his whole life. Do you, I, mean, they, they, I mean, everywhere he went, I mean, and they put him down in the church and they, they put him down and, 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 and this man named Jesus just told him to get up and walk. And this man walked. I mean, I've seen that man. He couldn't even do nothing but lay there and drink and eat. He couldn't do a thing. And this man, Jesus, and, and all of a sudden people begin to talk and they're coming to pay their taxes and they're coming up to the table. That's where we are right here. Verse 27. So after these things, he went forth. Now this is Jesus. Now the rumors had already started flying about this man, Jesus. Went forth and saw a publican named Levi. That's Matthew. If you look at Matthew's account, he's called Matthew. And Mark, he's called Levi. And Luke, he's called Levi. This is the same account is in here. When Matthew wrote it, he just said that, that he immediately, immediately picked up and walked. And the story, Matthew didn't put much emphasis on what was about to happen right here like Luke did, because Luke was there and he witnessed it. After these things, he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of customs. And he said, follow me. Now here's Matthew. Been kicked out of the... Now he, he didn't care nothing about, but he saw a way in. I'm getting back in the family. I've been the lowest of low. This is the only chance I got. There's nobody else that can help me but this man right here. And he left and rose up and followed him. And Levi made a great feast in his own house. See, you got to understand too, when this feast that he made, that Levi made, that Matthew made, the only people he knew, the only friends that he had, the only people that were that that that, that he was had association with that would have anything to do with him, was other publicans, was other tax collectors, was 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 other people just like him. So if he would just invite a feast to all, they ain't coming unless they were trying to accuse Jesus of something. So he made a great feast. And that's, you can imagine how much, with being rich, how big of a feast you can put on if you got money. And Levi made a great feast in his own house, and there was a great company of publicans and others that sat down with them. And the scribes and Pharisees murmured against the disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with these publicans and sinners? Why are you doing that? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Thou, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. And uh, so I'm going to go to a couple of other verses. What he's saying is, you're too high-minded. You got too much pride. You got too much on you to even admit that you're no better than these guys right here. You, 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 there's too much pride. What's the difference between you and this man that's a publican? You both need repentance, but you can't see it. That was a, that's what Jesus was teaching. You don't need a physician. You're, you're all well. All right. Let's see. Let's 
flip over just a couple of pages here. In Luke chapter 15, real quick. Wait a minute, let me see. Yeah, Luke 15. Take me a few seconds to find it myself here. Chapter 15, 1. This is just another story. This is just adding in to, to, to show you that all through the New Testament talked about how despised publicans were. They were singled out as, as in, in fact, one verse, Jesus compared a publican to a harlot in, in the same sentence. I'm not going to go to that right yet. But Luke 15, 1. Let's see. Then drew, here to, then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with him. Now, if you look back, that, that's one sentence right there. Then drew near to him all the publicans and sinners. If you go back to the call of Matthew, what had just happened? Word got around. There is forgiveness for the publicans. You know, this man's, this man's going to let us in. You know, I'm tired of this. I might not want to give up. I'm going to at least hear what he's got to say. All the publicans and sinners. Because Matthew started following the Lord. His, that one little testimony, he found forgiveness. He left all. That was big time stuff to, 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 to do that. That was publicly to just totally leave everything behind and just go and follow Jesus. All the publicans, all the tax collectors, they all knew each other. They were all in the, in the clique. They began to wonder, you know, all along, what in the world did, did this man say to make him leave all his money behind, to make him leave all his life behind? And now he's going back and being able to go back and worship and back and have forgiveness and back in fellowship with the family. He, he got back in fellowship with the family. It's, it's critical to understand that Matthew was sitting there thinking for years, what have I done? I don't have no hope. There's nothing I can do. All of a sudden, here's Jesus. Hey, hey, I can get back in. You know, to, for him to have that heart saying, hold on. It's, it's a way to get back in. Forget all this money. It's not important. I'm, I'm back in. And he was rejoicing with that. And so because the change that came on Matthew immediately, that made a testimony to, to all people. Then verse chapter 1 and verse 15, that one verse right there sums it all up. Then drew near to him, to Jesus, all the publicans and sinners, just to hear him. Just to hear what did this man say that converted Matthew. Okay. Now we'll go to Luke chapter 18 and then we'll get further down into the lesson. This is just kind of a, a parable of a story that Jesus is telling about the publicans again because he knows that they're hated. Okay. Verse, chapter 18 of Luke, verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. I've often wondered that in my life, you know, not often. I mean, I've got, I've got a prayer life, so don't take this wrong and out of context. If God knows the end result anyway, 
If God knows, why does he tell us to encourage us to pray? If he's already got, he knows the end result. Because we don't. And that's faith. That's where our faith comes in, what we can't see. I'm not going to to go deep into that right now. Verse 18, and he spake a parable among them and said uh, that all men, men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying there was a city, a judge, which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was, was a widow that came to him saying, wait a minute, I'm sorry. I'm not going to go to that story. I'm going to go to the one that I'm about to, let's go to verse 9, I'm sorry. I don't, I'll be there another 15 minutes on that one and I don't want to go there. I'm going to talk about the publicans. <laughs> Sorry. Verse 9 of chapter 18. Let's skip ahead a little bit. And he spake this parable unto certain who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. He's, here's, he's talking to all the publicans, all the sinners and all the, the Pharisees. Two men went up into the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee. The other a publican. Now why didn't he say the other one was a murderer, the other one was a tanner, the other one was a was a was this, the other one did this, the other one was an adulterer, the other one was a harlot, the other one was a whoremonger. The other, he, 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 he's teaching something here about that the publican in the Jews' eyes is the worst of the worst. It's, it's worse than murder for them. And see, and two men went up into the, into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed within himself, God, I'm thankful to you that I'm not as others men are. Isn't that how a lot of people in the church are today? They say, well, at least I'm not like him. You know, I've got my faults, but not like that one. You know, I'm, I'm not so bad. Look at so-and-so. We all do it. I mean, we all, we all are judgmental. But this lesson right here is coming from the Lord. It teaches every one of us something. It does me. I beat my chest sometimes around the house when my wife's not there. <laughs> Tell her how. <laughs> that's another story, too. Okay, 11. The Pharisee stood and prayed within himself. God, I'm thankful that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterous, even as this publican right here. See, I'm not like this publican. I'm not like this robber, this tax collector, this one who turned his back on his family. I'm not like him. I fast twice a week. I give all my tithes of all that I possess and the publican standing afar off. I wonder if I wonder if the Lord, when He was giving this parable, went back just a sec, just a few days earlier, however it was to say, had Matthew on his mind when He was giving this parable. It's possible. I mean, Jesus talked about the publicans all the time. And the publican standing afar off would not even so much as lift his eyes into heaven, but smote his breast. I can't help but think of Matthew. Hanging his head when Jesus came, man. 
is there any hope for me? I'm just an old sinner boy that's done done it all. Turned, I've done sold my soul. Is there any hope? And the fierce and the publican standing afar off would not so much as lift his eyes to heaven, but smote him on the breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I'm telling you, this is what Jesus said, that this man went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalted himself shall be abased, and everyone that humbled himself shall be exalted. Okay. Now we're going to move on. And it's, it's interesting to me. Now we're getting to, the, to where we're going to end up. And you're saying, why are you teaching on Zacchaeus? He is not an apostle. Okay, why are you? Well, because you'll find out here in a second why Zacchaeus plays, why Matthew in his conversion had, I believe, 100% of the conversion of Zacchaeus. Because just before then, if you notice that just before he called a publican into the kingdom with Matthew, he performed some great miracle which caused a stir, which caused... Matthew's heart to be tender. Here in verse uh, chapter 18 of Luke, verse 35, and it came to pass, and it came to pass, and it came to pass that as he was come nigh to Jericho, see, if you study the life of Zacchaeus, he was a Jewish boy too. He was born in Jericho. He was growing up in Jericho. Jack Zacchaeus was a short man. I, I, I looked, looked up the, the statue of him. Four foot six inches is the holy hell he was. That's like right here. Zacchaeus. He was born in Jericho and he was a man, a small statue. And they said that his, his, his statue was four foot six inches. I'm five nine. So you can kind of put, that's, that's right here. And this is, it, there's three, three different words here that we can look at and see what, what, make this story so amazing and it came to pass verse 35 that as he was come nigh to Jericho a certain blind man sat by the way and hearing the multitude pass by he asked what it meant multitude that means thousands of people just moving through the street thousands of people were just moving and just a noise abroad and the blind man couldn't see he said what is all this about I'm going to paraphrase so I can get to the meat what is all this? And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. No doubt this blind man had already heard that Jesus made this man well, get up and walk earlier. No doubt this man had, had heard that Jesus had already put spit and clay on a man's eyes and made him whole at the pool of Bethesda. Okay, here we go. And they, and when they, and they went before he rebuked him said, Behold, hold thy peace. And he cried so much more. Thy son of David have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded that he brought near. And when he was come near, he asked him, What shalt, saying, what, will I, what wilt thou that I should do to thee? He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. He said, Receive thy sight, thy faith hath made thee whole. Okay, now here's something just outside of Jericho. The word began to, mo- hey, Jesus, just the blind boy that we've seen, he'd been blind his whole life. That blind, Jesus just, just, just gave him his sight and the, 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 the mob began to just follow Jesus down the road. This is our verse 43. And immediately received his sight and followed him. See, this blind boy is following right on in there. He didn't let him go. 
glorifying God, saying to all the people when they saw it, the praise unto God. Verse 20, and here's the story. Here's the meat for today. Leading back to that call of Matthew. And Jesus entered in past through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was chief among the publicans. You see that? He was the big monkey. He was he won't he won't he won't know small stuff. This was this was big time stuff right here. He was the man that was that was he was like the vice president of all tax collectors. This, he was chief among the publicans and he was rich. Rich, you see that? And then earlier you could see where Jesus said, How hardly shall a rich man enter into the kingdom? I'm gonna get I'm gonna have time to to, to get I've got it here in the notes how to get how to get to that, but I won't get to that this time. And he sought to see Jesus who he was. Not what he could do. He just wanted to see who he was. Who is this man that just that took one of my main men and got a conversion of his heart sitting at the seat of customs where Matthew left it all? Who is this man that just made this man that's been crippled all his life walk? Who is this man that just opened these blinded eyes? Who is this? And he saw the mob coming, and he's four foot six. And he couldn't see, couldn't see. Can you see him? Can you picture him? How in the world am I going to just, all I want to do is just see who this is. You know, I just, I just got to, I just got to see this man. And he ran before them and climbed up the sycamore tree to see him for he was going to pass that way. He didn't see Jesus. He saw the, the multitude of people just, oh, Lord, heal me, heal me, give me something, make me well, make me, my mama's sick, my daddy's sick and all this. And Jesus is just walking. And he ran before them and climbed up the sycamore tree to see him for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste. Come down, for today I must abide at your house. See, I believe that salvation right there, when Zacchaeus, he didn't want to, he was looking for a way out. He's a Jewish boy. His buddy Matthew had just got, got rescued. Zacchaeus saying, you know, I'm chief among these publicans. Don't never let me back in. Is there any? And he was a Jew. What? How did I reach this point in my life where I'm so low and despised? I got. I just got to see him. I just got to see him. And from the heart, I believe this is what stopped this time. And see, this is what Jesus, what, what God Himself looks at us. He doesn't want our words. He doesn't want how much we can articulate. He wants. He, he wants to see what's deep inside of our heart. You take this flesh away. He wants to see where our hearts and our brains are with our relationship with him. That's what moves the hand of God. Okay, verse five. And it came to pass where place came to pass. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste. Come down for today I must abide at the house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured. Who is this Jesus talking to this publican? Why is Jesus going to this publican's house? Why is Jesus going here? See, it's all the same. 
saying that he must have that he was going to be guest with a man that is a sinner. I'm glad I'm not like him. I'm glad I'm not like her. Why is Jesus going to this man that sins? Why is Jesus even taking time with this man? The same reason he comes into anybody that kneels before him and says, Lord, forgive me. I'm not coming to forgiveness, ask forgiveness for you. you. It's me that's fault. Me that's at fault. That's the hardest thing for most people to do in their life is look in the mirror and say, Lord, I'm the one. I always want to look at somebody else. All of us. We do that. We all prejudge sometimes. And when they saw it, they all murmured and said, saying that he was going to be a guest with the man of the sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to thee, to the, I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore to him fourfold. He was ready for repentance. He was, it was real to him. He'll say, hey, I'm going to give it all up. I'm back in the family. I'm, you know, I was a Jewish boy. My family, I haven't spoke to my family in 20 years. I've got a way back in. I can go back in the temple. I can go back and sacrifice. I can go back in heaven. I can, oh, Lord, I got a heifer waiting for this day. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, the Lord, half of my goods, this is verse 8, have I give to the poor, and I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, accusation, I've restored him fourfold. And Jesus said unto them, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. See there? Zacchaeus was a Jew. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's a famous scripture, but a whole lot of people don't know the history behind the call of Matthew. And as they heard these things, and they added and spake a parable unto them, as he was nigh to Jerusalem, because they thought that the kingdom of God should be immediately appeared. All the people thought that, okay, when Jesus came on the scene, immediately that he was going to take over. And he began to explain, and this is where I'm going to end up. I might not have time to finish developing this, but he's still in Zacchaeus' house talking to all of them. If you notice, the, when, when Matthew was called and they sat down to feast and they began to murmur, okay, prior to him calling Matthew, there was a miracle, great miracle, which softened the heart of Matthew. He had the feast and then delivered a parable to the crowd. And this one, there was, a, there, was a, there was a miracle took place, softened the heart of Zacchaeus from the call of Matthew and the people and the healing of the blinded eyes. Jesus goes to his house. He prepares a great feast. Now, do you talk about a feast? This was, God was a chief of publicans. Can you imagine who he invited there? Or who would come? The only people that would come were other publicans, other tax collectors, other, other crooks, other robbers. And then the Pharisees who wanted to accuse. And then, uh, oh boy, I might not be able to finish this one. I'm not. I'm going to have to finish. Because that's just a whole lot into this next part right here, uh, leading into this parable. But he put the point being behind that. It was a parable that he ended with. 
Just to let you know, let me jump ahead with the last couple of minutes I've got. Uh, I didn't have time to get through all of this here. Matthew ended up, after the call of Matthew, uh, he went into Ethiopia and developed a ministry there and preached in Ethiopia for 20 years. He was staked down and beheaded with a halberd, and halberd is a battle axe. He was staked down, some say, I don't have to, to, it was rumored, and it's in four different history books, no, three different books. I've got them, and I don't have time to really get into them. The 12 ordinary men, the 12 apostles, I got two other books at the house, saying that he was burned at the stake, and while he was burning, they took the battle axe and beheaded him. And uh, so that was the execution of Matthew. But he, after, after his call, after his call from the seat of customs and after, his, after the Pentecost fell and grace opened up, and Matthew actually took the ministry out for years and years and years and ministered in Ethiopia for 20 years before. And there's a reason why he was uh, executed. Now I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to have time to, to finish. <sighs> Every time I read one little word I wrote down, it, it's, it's something fascinating that, that else to bring to light. But I hope you enjoyed some of it today. We'll, we'll continue on. I'll finish up this next parable the next time I teach. And then we'll uh, see. We've got Thaddeus Jude, who was Lebius. We've got Matthias, who was called after Judas hung himself. They needed to replace that one. And uh, that was Matthias. Judas Iscariot and John. Those are the last four to do. John was, I believe, uh, I don't know. Well, I'm not going. If I start on him, I'm going to end up another 15 minutes. But I got four apostles left to go. But we'll finish up with Matthew in that parable there, because that's that's really powerful meat in that. You listen to Deacon Danny Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.